Well, praise the Lord, everybody. That wasn't very much. Everybody got a voice should what? Praise the Lord. I watched a documentary. They're interviewing some men and women who served in the, their life in the service. Some of them had spent 30-something years. Some of them stationed in quite a few countries around the world. And what did they say? America is the greatest country in the world to live in. We ought to be so thrilled what our forefathers have done. And also we're going to mention to this morning about what Jesus has done and is doing in our lives. We're going to title this this morning, Extraordinary Power of God. God is no ordinary person. He's not ordinary, and he doesn't do ordinary things. He does extraordinary things. Every day of our lives, he's doing that. We're going to turn to 1 Thessalonians, the ninth of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 1, verse 5 and verse 9. I'm glad to be here today. Enjoyed the Sunday school lesson this morning. In the name of Jesus. Okay. Verse 5. Find where we are. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost, and much assurance, as you know, what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And at verse 9. For they themselves showed to us what manner of entry and we had unto you. Now this is the part we want to look at. Now you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. How many glad the Lord turned your heart one day to serve the living God? What a blessing it is to serve the Lord and walk with the Lord. Have turned people from idols to God. The Bible says in Ephesians 119, the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ, and he raised him from the dead. Everybody ought to say amen. Now, the greatest thing that God ever did was not when he created heaven and earth. That's not the greatest thing he did. That is not the greatest exempt of his power, show his power. His greatest power that he showed when he had Jesus born of a virgin. And then when he went to the grave and laid there three days, and God raised him up out of that grave. That's the greatest thing that God has ever done for you and I is the resurrection. And the greatest things he's ever done in your life when he raised you out of the deadness of sin and transformed you over into his life. There's nothing no greater than that, what God has done for us and what he is doing. How many know that he's going to do something great in your life today? He's already done something great in your life today. You're here. You're breathing. Amen. Extraordinary power of God. Every day we live in such a great abundance of the things of God. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 14 and 20. If Christ be not risen, 
our preaching is in vain. Our faith also is in vain, but now is Christ risen from the dead. He's the only person ever lived that got out of the grave. You say, well, Lazarus got out, but Lazarus went back. Jesus got out, and he didn't go back. Jesus raised a young man on the road of name from the dead, but he went back to the dead. But Jesus got out. And the only reason you have abundant life because he got out of the grave and resurrected you from the deadness of sin and transformed you over into his life. That's the reason we have life because what Jesus has given us. More and more I live, I thought about Brother Ken this morning in Sunday school class. I believe we're on the right page. God has given us abundant life. Every day of our life there is a flowing, a mighty power of God flowing through us like we've never known before. We have life because he gave us life. He's not no extraordinary, he's not an ordinary God. He's an extraordinary God. And the Bible says in John 21 and verse 25, said if all the things that Jesus did while he was on this earth, I'm persuaded if they were written in books, the world could not hold those books because he's done such great and mighty things and he's doing great and mighty things. I mean, he's doing something great in your life. Something wonderful, glorious, dynamic in your life today. What God is doing in our lives. It's so wonderful to be able to serve the Lord. I've been on both sides of the fence. But I'm going to tell you this is the better side of the fence. It's the living and walking with God. There's nothing any greater than that to have that walk with God. Did not come to you in words only, but it came to you in the power of the Holy Ghost. We can never compare our lives with the Old Testament. Isaiah said he looked for an intercessor and couldn't find one. In the Old Testament, there was no intercessor. But in the New Testament, it's Jesus Christ, book of Hebrews. He lived to make intercessory prayer for you. It wouldn't happen in the Old Testament. But Jesus come today. He's praying for you today. Every day of your life, he's praying for you. He's making intercessory prayer for us. He is our intercessor. We ought to shout hallelujah. I'm telling you, we ought to shout to the, what God has done for us in Jesus Christ alone, what he's done. Now I said, now you turn to God from idols to serve the living God. I don't know about too many of you and where you come from. I guess you, Peggy may not have served an idol. She born in church, and LaRue said she was probably older than anybody in church because her mama carried her to church while she was in her mama's womb. So she said, I've been in this a long time. Amen? But I know that probably some of us we might not have worshipped idols, but we definitely wouldn't worship the living God. Our hearts was not set on God. I'm going to share with you this morning. God can turn any heart in this world. I don't care how corrupt and how bad it is and how far it's gone. He can turn any heart there is in this world. If it was not for Jesus Christ turning our hearts away from the things of this world, we would still be lost today. 
Thank God he found us when we was lost. Second Peter 2 and 11 said, Whereas angels who are great in the power of their might, we're surrounded by angels. I, I want to ask you, how many give God praise and thanks each day for angels around you? Do you even think about the angels that encamped about you every day? Everywhere you go, there's angels all the way around you. Angels. They're mighty in power, but they cannot compare to the power of the Lord Jesus Christ and what he's done in our lives. How many know that you wouldn't even be here today if it hadn't been Jesus Christ and what he's done for your life? And what he's doing for your life, the wonderful things of God. We are blessed. I, I really don't think sometimes we realize how blessed we are. I think sometimes I've never was stationed in foreign countries, but I caught shore patrol in a lot of them. One of them was in Karachi, Pakistan. One thing they told us, said, be sure you carry your own water and be sure you don't eat. I don't know why they didn't put, give us liberty there if that was going to be the case. But how blessed we are. Now, I'm going to belabor that from now on. We are blessed and we are the children of God should praise God like we never have before because we've been called out of darkness under this marvelous truth. How blessed we are. The wonderful things of God. Most what Daniel says in Daniel 4, 2, and 3, I thought it good to declare the signs and wonders that the Most High God has done for me. We was to have a testimony service. We used to have them years ago when I first got in the church. I was, in, in a way, I was sort of glad they stopped them because I've seen people get up and kill the whole service telling about the blues and the, and the bad day they had and, and all those kind of things. They just sort of kill the spirit. Listen, Daniel said, I'm going to come to you today and I'm going to declare to you today what good things God has done to me. How many would have to stand up today right now and say what good things God has done in your life? There's more good happening in our lives than there's what bad is happening in our lives. We are blessed going in and we're blessed coming out, Deuteronomy 28. And also it goes as far as say it's chasing you down to jump on you. Amen. The blessings of God, Daniel said. And in verse 3 he said, How great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. His dominion is from generation to generation. People word a lot about Satan and the corruption in this world. But I tell you, Jesus, one of these days, is coming back and putting an end to all of that. And his is going to be the only kingdom that's left standing when he gets through. Amen. I know people said, well, that's the reason God let us create the nuclear bomb to destroy the world. The nuclear bomb not going to destroy this world. The Bible said out of the fire of his mouth, he's going to breathe out. He don't need no nuclear bomb. We ought to be glad. I, I, I believe it when the tribulation comes, this is what I believe from the scriptures. I know there's three different viewpoints on it, but I believe we're going to be gone. Amen. Enoch is a type of the Gentile church. It was gone before the judgment came to the world. So we're blessed, and, and if, if we are here, 
His grace is going to be sufficient for us to see the wonderful things of God. And Daniel 9.22 said, Gable, Daniel said, Gable informed me and talked with me. How many believe that God wants angels to talk with you? Flaming ministering spirits. Hebrews 1.14. He may not always appear to you in form, but he appeared to you in spirit and speak to your life. And here he said, Gable, talk to me. He came and talked to me. Then he went on to say, he talked with me and said, Daniel, I have come to give you insight and understanding. We not only have the word of God, we have the spirit of God, and we have the angels that speaks to us also bringing us the insight of the things that God. How many that sometimes you feel like something good happened to you? That's the spirit of God working in your life. And we ought to give praise and give thanks to him that he's working in our lives every day. Jesus asked Peter after the resurrection, says, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, yes, I love you. He said three times, Peter, do you love me? Yes, I love you. You know I love you. He said again, said, well, Peter, do you really love me? He said, yes, I love you. What Jesus was looking for was a public confession to all the world that he loved Jesus. He denied Jesus three times before all the world among the heathen that he didn't know him. But now Jesus wants a public confession. How many know the Lord wants a public confession for us that we love Jesus? I love the Lord because he what? He not only first loved me, he still what? You'll never get to the place in your life that Christ quits loving you. He loves you regardless of who you are, what you are, and what you have done. I thought about Brother Ken talking about a neighbor come to him the other day and said he wanted to visit with him for a while and and uh, Brother Ken said, well, come on and get you a glass of water. He said, well, I've got my own beer. He said, Ken said, that's all right. Just bring your beer on in here and we'll talk. And he said, we talked about an hour and a half. So about after the third beer, he was really getting happy. How I many of you know you don't need alcohol or drugs to make you happy? But I thought, well, Ken, most of us is too religious. We wouldn't have talked with him because he had that beer. Listen, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Brother Yoakum used to get on me for going to the rodeo. He called it the Rodell. You, you ought not to go there when you're out there with sinners. I work with sinners every day. I work with people who never went to church nowhere. I work with some people that give you the best cussing you ever had in your life and get over it that quick. But that help you in anything you did. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. We don't have to partake of the world because we got something better than what the world's got. God is an extraordinary God. I'm glad he found me one day and filled me with his spirit, the wonderful things of God. We're so blessed in the things of God. Daniel was declaring the signs and wonders that God had done for him. I believe we ought to declare all the good things that God has done for us and also what he's going to do tomorrow.
used to work with a guy. Somebody asked him one day, so how do you know you're going to have a good day today? He said, I put it on schedule before I ever got up this morning. How many put on a schedule before you got up this morning you're going to have a good day? Some said, well, you don't know that yet. Everything works for the good of those that do what? Love God. Now, if we love God, everything's going to work for our what? Good. To the flesh, it don't look good, but God has a plan for us sometimes we don't even see. Now, I want you to notice Daniel said, from generation to generation. We are blessed because the generation before us. The Bible says you'll reap where you have not sown. We're reaping some things that our forefathers before us did such blessings for us. And some of them, like Brother Don, you ought to get that little book and read about the Declaration of Independence. What kind of life they lived and what kind of life they died. Nearly every one of them died a horrible death because of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. From the time Jesus was born on this earth until he died, they was out to kill his life, destroy him, and cause him problem. But in all the midst of that, he had the joy of the Lord. How many are glad for the joy of the Lord? The joy of the Lord is our strength, not only physical, spiritually, mental, every way in this world. The Lord is our strength. 1 John 3 and 20 says this, God is greater or greater than our heart because God knows everything. Some people say, well, if I know my heart, you don't know your heart, according to Jeremiah. Your heart is desperately wicked until Jesus came and changed your heart. How many are glad for a heart transplant? He made you a new creature. Somebody told Jesse Duplantis one time, said, I'd like to meet you before you got the Holy Ghost. He said, you wouldn't want to know me before I got the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost makes you a new creature. Old things are passed away. New life has come. The blessings of God has changed our life. God has changed throughout the history of people that worshiped idols. One of probably the greatest men of long our time would be William Wilberforce. He was a slave trader. He gathered slaves and helped capture slaves in England and helped transport them to America. But one day on that trip, God got a hold of his heart and showed him how bad that was. On his way back, he went to England and began to change England and convince them that how bad slavery was. That's what God can do to any person's heart. He can change a heart that's so bad, so evil, so corrupt, and change it into a life for Jesus Christ. How many believe, really believe that God is an extraordinary power of God? He's an extraordinary God. There's a lot of false gods in this world, but he's one true extraordinary God. Amen. I think of the story in the book of Luke, the 11th chapter. The man went to him at midnight. And he said, uh, I can't open my door. It's shut. I want you to notice this. I've got all my children with me. I want you to start praying. If you're not praying, 
that all of your children will be in the house of God with you. Now, I'm not talking about being in the tabernacle, but I'm talking about all your family members be in the house of God and live with God. He said, all of my children is in the house with me. That's God's plan for all of our family members to be in the house with us. That's his perfect plan. How many people were saved as it was in the days of Noah, in Noah's time? How many people were saved? Eight souls. And they all were the household of Noah. God wants your household saved in the same ark, the same safety, the same security. Like Brother Don mentioned last Sunday morning, I thought that was a dynamic statement. I've heard that once before. Ain't no devil going to get my children and not going to get my grandchildren. You say, well, you don't know that. Listen, we can know it if we put our faith and put our confidence in God that all of our children is going to be in the house of God with us. We're all going to be together. We're all going to go up together. The wonderful things of God. Blessed. I'm blessed. Amen. How Abraham worshipped idols in Macedonia. The Jewish people believed that his father was an idol maker. They can't substantiate that, but that's their tradition. But he was an idol worshiper. But God appeared to him one day and changed his heart from idols to the one true living God. I'm glad one day that God changed my heart to the one true living God. He can change you just like that. I believe all things are possible with this extraordinary God. Any man could stand at the grave and tell Lazarus to come forth, and they say he's already stinking. Scholar says his flesh has done falling off the bone, but he said, come forth. If God can do that, how many believe he can do anything in our family to save our whole families? All he has to do is speak to a soul, and it's changed just like that. I've been changed. I've been newborn by the extraordinary God. And not only did he change Abraham's heart, he made him the father of nation and the father of faith. He changed him, made him extraordinary. Now Joshua said to this to the two spies, Joshua 6 and 22, Joshua said to the two men, Now you go in. This is after Jericho was destroyed and burned. Everything was destroyed and everything burned. I want you to use your imagination a little bit. All the houses destroyed, and they have burned the city, but there's one house was not destroyed All other houses were destroyed. Peggy and I went down to Pier 27 last night to get us a meal, come home, come up to the church, turn the air on so it wouldn't be so hot this morning. We went, by the way, cash. You're talking about devastation. I don't know how them people could ever get out of there. So much timber was down on the road back then. Still slot over there. How I many know that you're blessed by God? Now he said, Now you go in there and get the two. You have to back up a little bit. You get the two people 
I mean, you get the... Pro- well, I forgot her name. Rahab. He said, the prostitute. You go in and get her because you made a promise to them. Sister Davenport said, you've made a promise to them. You promised them if they would all get in their house, get their father and the mother and the children and all the kin folks. You made that promise to them, Joshua said. Now, you made that promise to them. If they'd hang that red string out that window, and when we come, we're going to spare you. We had a promise from God. Are you using your imagination a little bit now? Everything Sister Jean Meadows around them was destroyed, burned to the ground, but their house, Brother James, was still standing. Still standing. How many know that we got a promise from God? If God would save us, save our children, save our grandchildren. Sister Lyndon Cave Hill is fixing to be a grandpappy for long and grandmamma. Hmm? Gonna be grandparents. She they just can't hardly wait. Just, you know, just. I don't know whether you're excited about this or not, how everything around them was destroyed and burned, but she had fulfilled the promise by hung and hanging out the red string. And Joshua said, Now you go in there and get them that you made the promise to. How many know you got a promise from God? Not even the devil can change. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. There's no weapon formed against us can prosper when we have the promise of God and we holding up the manner of God, a banner of God, and said, God, this is what you promised, and I'm holding you to it. Amen? God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Isaiah said, don't give him no rest and command his hand. You say, well, you can't command God. Yes, you can command God. First time I heard a message on that was many years ago in Houston at a conference by Joel Oldstein. I mean, John Oldstein. I bought the tape. You have a right. He gives you scriptures. You have a right to command God. And the book of Jesus said, ask that word in the original Greek means you command him. Now, you can't boss him to tell him wash the dishes, mow the yard, but you can command him to keep his promise to your life. He's an extraordinary power of God. No weapon formed against you can do what? Can do what? Prosper. First Chronicles, I believe it is, chapter 25. As long as they sought God, everything they did did what? Prosper. God wants you to prosper. First of all, he wants your relationship to prosper with him. He wants you to prosper in everything. Can you imagine how Rahab felt? Everything around her going down, going down. I know I've said this before, but you know the four Gospels is just really repeating one story right after another nearly. Mr. Kerr of the Kerr Jar Company was in another state when they had a terrible earthquake in his state. And they come and told him, said, your whole factory is destroyed. Everything is wiped out. Anybody remember what he said? What did he say? 
if one jar is broken, God is a liar. Because God has promised me that he was going to protect my goods. You say, well, he didn't protect Job's. <laughs> but God doubled him. <laughs> and God, God doubled it back. I mean, you know, you can't lose nothing if you're serving God and with the promises of God. You can't lose anything because he's going to give back what you lost and more. What did Deuteronomy 1 11 says? He's going to give you a thousand percent more than what your forefathers had. He's an extraordinary power of God and he keeps his promises. When I was a kid coming up, I've seen people shake hands and gave the word, and that was all it was to it. But now, you sign a piece of paper, they call it a contract, was within these four walls here. On a piece of paper, if you sign that and somebody else sign it, you can't change it because that's your contract. There's no way you can change it. You have to carry it to court or law. You have to get a change order. You can't just agreeable it, change it. I mean, you know, God has got a contract. All within them four corners of that Bible belongs to us. I'm blessed what? Going in and I'm blessed what? Amen. Peggy's getting better. I know it's a slow process. It's a slow process. Despise not the days of small things. She said, I don't think I coughed as much last night. I said, I think I slept as much as three hours. That's more than what? How many? Wasn't that right? Three? Huh? She hadn't been able to sleep at all. You say, well, that, what a little bit is that? I tell you, to her, that's a big deal. Huh? If you're not sleeping at all, you can just sleep for 30 minutes. That's a big deal. Charles Spurgeon said, don't worry about things. The snail got to the ark just in time. He's the slowest creature on the face of the earth, but he got there in time. How I many you know a little process is a great process? Faith has to grow. When God gives you faith, it's a mustard seed. You've got to grow that faith for it to become a big tree. You just don't jump. Hallelujah. I don't. Wouldn't it be wonderful if he could just jump in there and get it all at once? It's not his plan. He's an extraordinary power of God, and he's given that to us. I am more than what? I am more than what? Are you? That's what Jesus, the Bible says about you. You are more than a conqueror. How come you more than a conqueror? Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. I am the light of the world. I am the salt of the earth. Because he said I was. He said I was. Extraordinary. He's extraordinary God. He does extraordinary things. In John 4, Jesus sat on the well curb and talked to the Samaritan woman. And uh, she said, well, we worship here in the mountains. He said, y'all worship in Jerusalem. But Jesus said, there's a time of coming. You're not going to worship in the mountain. 
and you're not going to worship in Jerusalem. There's a time of coming you're going to worship God in spirit and in truth. She was an idol worshiper. He even went as far as to say, you don't even know what you worship. But when he got through talking to her, what did she do? The Bible says she ran back to the city, said, come and see the man that told me everything about me. And the Bible said, and the whole city came out to see him. Then they said, we believe because of what you said, but now we believe because we've talked to him. How I many you know that God wants to talk to you? He don't want to just talk to the preacher. He don't want to talk to just the song leaders or the Sunday school teachers. He wants to talk to everybody. Their lives were changed from idol worshipers to worshiping the one true living God. Jesus set the stage for Acts 8. No Jew would go to the Samaritan country. He would need not walk across their land. He'd walk for miles to keep them going across their land because they hated them that bad. But Jesus set the stage for Philip to go down to Samaria and he preached to them. And great joy filled that city. How many have great joy? Overwhelming joy. Joy unspeakable, full of glory. Jesus, the Bible said, was full of joy. And there's no person on this earth ever born to the woman that had more troubles and more trials, more hardship than any man that's ever lived. He did it just for you and I to show us if you're full of the Spirit of God, you can have great joy in this world. It's not our joy. It's the joy of the Lord that he gives us because he's an extraordinary power of God that works in our lives. The gift of the Spirit that he gives to us. Acts 10 is an amazing story. From Peter goes down to Cornelius' house, a Gentile, which a Jew didn't have anything to do with a Gentile. That, that, that there was a no, 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 don't you do that. Even William Peter got out and he said, you know it's unlawful for me to even be here. I'm not even supposed to come in this house because you're a Gentile. But he'd had a revelation from God. How many believe you need a revelation from God sometime? We don't need to just move on our own whim. We need sometime to have a divine revelation from God. And God will give it. Peter said, I'm never eating anything unclean. I ain't never eating no catfish. He don't know what he's missing, you know. I believe Brother Clayton and I was at a conference in was at Dallas one time, and, and this guy was speaking. Somebody corrected him and said, I don't know where that sheet's so full of all the beasts and these things or not. And the guy speaking, well, I don't know neither. I just know what the Bible said. It's all full. Is that what he said? I believe it's all full of all things, all kinds of things. What God was telling him, I'm going to call you to go to the Cornelius' house. And here's what's amazing in verse 44, chapter 10. The Bible said, as Peter was speaking, as he was speaking, 
Cornelius had went out and got all of his family, got all of his friends, and got everybody sitting there, these Gentiles, everybody just sitting there, just sitting there. But the Bible said, and Peter said, as I was speaking, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them. And the reason we know, because they spoke in tongues like we did. Isn't it wonderful? Extraordinary power of God just sitting there, and the Holy Ghost fell on them. Amen. I believe they said old Sister Hick got the Holy Ghost. I know. Did you know her? Ever know her, Sister Linda? Sister Hick. I think she lived out anti somewhere. She was up baking bread one morning. The Holy Ghost just fell on her. Extraordinary. Power of God. The wonderful things of God. Amen. Praise God. We'll close on this. And I want you to remember that Daniel said it's to every generation. Acts 2.38 and in 239, it says, As far off as our Lord our God shall call. No end, no end. Paul came up on these people. He said, How was you people baptized? He said, We're baptized under John, baptized under repentance. He said, That's good. But have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And he laid his hands on them, and they got the Holy Ghost. I tell you, I believe when you get the Holy Ghost, you've got the best thing that God has to offer. You've got the best power in the world, the wonderful blessings of God. Extraordinary power of God. In Acts 8, a man wanted to buy it, but he didn't know it was free. The gifts of God are free, wonderful free. I'm going to read Daniel 4 and 3 again. How great are these signs and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom and his dominion will be from generation to generation. Not going to be to no end of these things. And that's, I feel like that means us today. I've, if the Lord don't come to the next generation, it'll be unto them too. It's not no end to the great things that God's doing. So God bless you for being here today. And what kind of day are you going to have the rest of the day? Great day.